Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is it possible to clap your hands for Jesus? You are going to be one of the best pastors in this country. Your status is changing to an international status. Yes, you will be international. Even if you play drums, you'll be international. If you sing, you'll be international. Preaching, why are you international already? Already. Yes, there's an international anointing here. I need the ushers to ensure that there's nobody standing there. Nobody is allowed to sell there at this time. That person is doing something very wrong. Anybody exchanging food for money at this time is inviting something that is not good. Nobody is allowed to sell. Nobody is allowed to sell. Hallelujah. I want us to just stand to our feet and say a word of prayer. Just pray, lift your hands. You know, this is the defining moment of this conference. I don't know if you are aware that this is a very supernatural gathering. It's a very supernatural gathering. God is in this. God brought you here. God set this up. And he had you in mind when he was setting this up. I want you, if you can, to lift your hands. You can also, I mean, when your hands are tied, you can bring it down. Just pray and say, Lord, whatever you have for me now. May I not miss my visitation. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Wherever you are, the power of God is touching you. Yes.
very important prayer we must pray. It's a continuation of the prayer Bishop Adi led us to pray. With your hand on your heart. To pray that God gives you the right heart. That was David's prayer. He said, create in me a clean heart. A pure heart. It can also be your prayer. Create in me. I'm a singer. I'm a keyboardist. I'm a shepherd. I'm a treasurer. Create in me a pure heart. I'm a founder. I'm a pastor. I'm a reverend. Create in me a pure heart. Because it looks like the state of your heart determines the state of your ministry. Lord, create in me Jesus.
You've got to build your house on a rock. The winds will blow vehemently, but your house will stand strong. Oh, strong. Whoever hears my word. Tell me what are you gonna do when 
very welcome with Lady Parcelsi you're also welcome clap your hands for Jesus and you may be seated at this time wow hallelujah are you now ready to receive what God has for you Bishop, a year ago you asked me to host the Art of Shepherding Conference. And by the grace of God, and with your wonderful children, sons and daughters here in Adenta, we've tried to put up an Art of Shepherding Conference, our first here at the Bread of Life Cathedral. It's been... It's been a very powerful week with Bishop Eddie Adi, Bishop Intefo, Bishop Prince, and myself. And I believe that all the pastors from Lighthouse and who are also outside Lighthouse have been immensely blessed by the teachings that have gone on here at the Art of Shepherding Conference. But for many of you tonight, is the first time you are both seeing and hearing my shepherd, my pastor. Tonight we are about to receive the ministry of the man who close to 25 years ago appointed me a pastor and put me in charge of a branch. But the best of it all is that the journey till today has been one of good shepherding. Loving, caring, and ensuring that I've stayed on the path that has brought us here. And I want to say a big thank you to Bishop for your shepherdorial instincts. 
this week, we have quoted from you, referred to the many things you've said, referred to the things you've done, and we've also opened the books you've written and taught from them. But we are happy to know that the one who wrote the books we have taught from is here himself to minister the word of God to us. Pastors, church workers, please join me to welcome my daddy, my pastor, to minister to us tonight. Bishop Doug Ewart Mills. Oh, I see the light. Thank you, Bishop Ogo, for this wonderful opportunity to be here in your beautiful cathedral. And I acknowledge all the wonderful bishops, Bishop Saki, Bishop Eddie, Bishop Sam, and all the other powerful pastors and bishops I see here, many of them. God bless you. It's a blessing to see all of you here and all other pastors. This evening, my message is short. I believe you are supposed to be closing around 8 o'clock. So, I want to just share a very short message. But I believe, I believe that if you listen carefully to what I'm going to share with you, you are going to find that it's going to help to guide you in your quest to be a good shepherd. Amen. Amen. Now, this conference is being held for a reason. You can find in Psalm 92. Psalm 92. God brought you here to change your oil. Amen. Hallelujah. Your engine is going to run at a higher level. As soon as we say amen, you are on a new level. 
four. Psalm 92 verse 10. It says, But my horn shall thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. So God has brought you here for a change of oil. Your oil is changing as I speak. Amen. Now when your oil is changed, the next verse says, My eye shall see my desire on mine enemies and mine ears shall hear my desire of the wicked that rise up against me. What it means is that your eye will see judgment on your enemies and your ears will hear about the judgment on your enemies. Now, who are your enemies? Because of the anointing, your enemies are destroyed. But who are the enemies? The enemies are demons working against you in different ways. Many times, we are unaware of the presence of devils. The Bible says Jesus Christ was crucified by devils. If they had known, they wouldn't have crucified the Son of God. But who crucified him? He was crucified in, real, in reality by the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Romans. They were the devils who were crucifying Jesus. And throughout his ministry, he suffered opposition, antagonism, hatred, intimidation, threatenings from these people. So throughout your, your life and ministry, you say, if the princes of this world knew that word princess is the same word in Ephesians 6, 10 that we wrestle not against principalities and powers. That word. That's the princess. It here they use prince, but in Ephesians they use principalities. It's a type of demon spirit. So if they had known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory, the, the devils. But who physically did it? It was these guys. So the opposition you are experiencing in your life and your ministry from devils which operate through people and through circumstances, God is giving you the upper hand in this conference. <laughs> Expect to hear and see from devils through people, Christians, non-Christians alike, and then also from uh, circumstances. 
these are the three groups you can hear or see devils for which it says your eye will see the desire on your and your ear will hear your desire as people human beings Jesus said I chose you one of you is a devil you know that verse we wrestle not against principalities and power we're not against flesh and blood it has made Christians take their attention from human beings who operate as devils is in place of a devil that's the devil in fact there are some people if they take them out of your life there's no need of the devil again in, any, in anything in your life if they are out of your life there's no need of the devil there's no scripture that applies when you say devil once that particular person is gone that's it all the scriptures on devil don't apply to you because it's gone it's true Jesus said I chose you one of you is a devil a human being are you there you see Kenneth Hagin had a vision and in the vision he was in a pastor's house and this pastor was divorced and suddenly Jesus appeared to him in the, in the vision he said to the pastor let us pray and as soon as he said let us pray he knelt down and he entered into the vision and here was Jesus and Jesus told him about the man who was he was praying with and told him that the man's former wife had come to town to disgrace him and to embarrass him and harass him so Jesus told him in the vision he said two things he said he said to him tell my friend no he and and Papa Hagen said in the vision, Jesus called this divorced pastor his friend. He said, tell my friend that after the vision, tell him. And the second thing he said was that anytime a pastor or a servant of God is attacked, intimidated, harassed, uh, accused, and so on, you don't need a vision to know that it is a demon that is antagonizing the person. He says you don't need a word of knowledge. It is. Yes. Are you, are you listening? So, Jesus is actually present with us when we are having meetings. And, and demons are present also, opposing you. You know, anything that makes you go slower and makes your progress slow, often there are demonic things in it. You know, sometimes you cannot find your key or something at a particular point. If you like, I'll give you an experiment. Bind the devil. Say, Satan, I bind you. You'll find it just now. You'll be surprised. It has happened to me many times. 
So, there are many things in, in the, in, when Jesus was casting out the devil from the madman, he said, what is, what is your name? He said, my name is Legion, which is 6,100 foot soldiers and 726 horsemen in one person. So, what it means is that we don't need much space for a demon. You don't need much physical space to have a demon. It doesn't take much space. 6,100 and 726 horsemen, or chariots and horsemen in one person. And there are spiritual horses. You know, a horse is very big. The, there are the horses that came and the chariots that came from, for Elijah they were spiritual horses. They couldn't have been natural horses because natural horses don't go up in the air. So you can be in your house and in your church, in your life, financially, physically, spiritually, and there are spirits, I tell you, working against you. Yes. And you, you would think that it's something natural. But many of these things are demonic. And there are present evil spirits. So God is showing you today that through a change of oil, you, you will see the desire with your eyes. With your eyes. With your ears. You hear about it in Jesus' name. And then the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree through the anointing. You know, I often encourage people, of all the books I've written, I always encourage people to uh, believe in the anointing, to study the book Steps to the Anointing and Catching the Anointing. Because with the anointing, the impossible comes to. It says, you shall flourish like a palm tree. You see, a palm tree is the only tree that is growing in the salted ground where nothing is growing. He is growing where things are not working. He is working where nothing is happening. He is the only one. That is your story from today. Have you not been to the beach before? Which type of tree is growing there? Yeah. So when God's anointing is on you, Demons and demonic powers, no, they naturally give up. They give in. They give in. That is why when Jesus met the madman of Gadara, he ran to Jesus and bowed because the power of God causes the demons to recognize you and bow to you. And you are going to grow like a palm tree. You are going to grow like a palm tree. What 
what is Ghana? What is Ghana? Ghana is one of the poorest countries in the world, led by some of the poorest, fatally deficient type of leaders, leaders ever to be walking on the surface of the earth. Yes, you may not know. Shh. It's not easy to prosper here. Maybe you have not done business before. It's not easy. Business doesn't mean you belong to a political party, so you join them, then you get contracts, and then you sell things that nobody needs to the people who don't need what you are selling. Like maybe you sell fire engines where there's no fire, or, or parts to people who don't need parts. That's not business. It's a salted ground. But when the anointing is on you, that's the place that you, you will do well. Receive that grace in your life in the name of Jesus. Hmm. <laughs> and he shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. I belong to God and I belong to the church. I'm planted in the church. All my life is the church. I don't do anything for business or anything for politics. You know, Rick Joyner had a vision and the Lord appeared to him and told him that told him, he met these guys who had died. Actually, it was not the Lord. It was the pastors who had died. All, everybody should get the book, uh, The Final Quest and read the chapter on the white throne it's chapter 3 you see pastors, dead pastors talking hey, and one of them said anytime you do something for politics it demotes you further in the kingdom yes instead of the kingdom you are doing it for political gain it demotes you further in the kingdom you can go and read it, amazing so Instead of doing things for so many reasons, not for politics, for God, planted in the church, belonging to the church. My books are for the church. My writings are for Christians and church people, God's people. <laughs> my, my, most of my books are for pastors and serious Christians. Yeah. It's not for money. If it was for money, I want more people to buy. But I don't care if people buy. I'm probably one of the largest authors ever in Ghana. Or in Africa even. But I'm not doing it for money. Yeah. So when you are planted in the church, you see, people think the church is nothing. The church is powerful. People who were powerful just two months ago. You can't see them. You can't see them church is still here church is here it's true I belong to the church and I belong to God how many belong to God how many belong to the church you are blessed and verse 14 
They, this is the blessing of the anointing. They shall bring forth fruit in old age. Now, when I look around, I'm seeing older people than I used to see some years ago. Many of you here, you are no longer as young as you used to be. True or not true? You can see from your waistline. But when you are anointed, even in old age, you bring forth a lot of fruits. Hallelujah. And you know something? John Wesley, when he was about 60-something years old, the founder of the Methodist Church, he said, 60, 70, he said, the pains I used to have when I was a young man, I'm no more having them. He said, I can now do more things than I even used to do before. At the age of about 77, he would wake up at 4 a.m. and ride his horse from Bristol, inside England somewhere, for 100 miles. And he gets near London, and he gets off the horse, sleeps, and gets up at 4 a.m. to ride his horse to reach London by 8 o'clock for service. Then he preaches. 70-something, oh. You, you are 40-something. You are 50-something. This is John Wesley. And then he come, has his service at 8 o'clock and then has an open-air service in the afternoon of the same day after riding from Bristol or wherever it was. Yes. So when you are anointed, you bear fruit in your old age. You don't retire. You rather become more fruitful. I met Bonke last year in September and he told me, he's 76 years old. He told me that some years ago there was a German man, an older man who came to work in his crusade for free, free of charge. And he was very busy moving up and down. So one day he called the man and he said, why, why do you do this? Why are you always here? You come always working in the crusade. The man said, I have decided that I will not die in front of a television. Yes, I will not die in front of a television. I'm going to work. I'm not going to stay in the house I have retired. This is not time for retire, retirement. Watching television. Huh? So those of us who have become pot belly slow pastors just using titles to push your way around. Bishop, Pope, Archbishop, Cardinal, Reverend, Reverend Doctor. You are just using your big stomach and your weight, but no anointing. No. Fred Price. Fred Price. Have you heard of Fred Price? He said, he did he said he cannot receive from a pastor who is overweight. 
if you are overweight, he cannot say, he cannot receive the message. Like what you are preaching, it cannot enter him. <laughs> Check your neighbor and see whether he's overweight. Hallelujah. They shall be flat and fr- fat and flourishing to show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. Amen. Amen. Now, when you receive this anointing, right, it is going to give you great wisdom. Now, the second and the final last part of my very short message I told you is found in Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 11. These are the determinants of every shepherd's ministry. The determinants of every shepherd's ministry. What determines the outcome of anyone who is a shepherd? He says in verse 11, I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill, but chance happeneth, time and chance happeneth to them all. So, these are the things that determine You see, he said, I returned and I saw under the sun that the race of ministry, because it's a race. It's a race. One day, some of us will be in heaven, we'll be sitting down in heaven like this, thinking of earth, of Ghana. You'll be thinking of Ghana. Hey! What was I thinking about? I want to go back. I want to go back. You'll be sitting thinking, the whole time you'll be thinking in heaven, Lord, what I could have done, I didn't do. So it's a, it's a big race. And um, you see that this race, he says, I saw that the race is not, because usually, Any race is determined by these things. Every contest, speed, your swift, strong, bread to the wise, men of understanding, favor, but at the end, time and chance, which is where in our life, it's not time and chance, but it's God and the anointing that determines it. So every shepherd's life and ministry is determined actually because it's a race by these things. And so, the first one is, this is all, this is the verse we've closed. Look at it. The race is not to the speed. Your whole ministry is determined by your speed. Your speed in understanding things, your speed in acting. You see, there are many things that are being taught here. Some will take them, they will not even be quick about implementing 
race has ever been won by someone who is slow, whether boxing, car, bicycle, athletics, long jump, even soccer. When they scored Ghana, Cameroon, the second goal against Cameroon versus Ghana, the second goal. I don't know if you watched the match. I just happened to, I normally don't watch, watch it, but I just happened to be there. I saw the last 15 minutes. They were leading us by one nail. Then they were, we, Ghana was pressing. Then somebody brought the ball out. And then the, it was a race to our goalpost. And the Cameroonian guy was faster than our guy. Yes, he was faster. So even in soccer, it's about speed. In fact, I once knew a young man, he was in Achimota school, and he was a 100 meters runner. And he was a soccer player as well, but he was a champion, 100 meters, 200 meters. So I asked, what is the connection? Why, 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 why is a soccer, I mean, why is a runner? He said, oh, there's speed. There's a lot of things are speed in soccer playing. So his 100 meter speed is very important in the soccer, and I saw it in this match. It was about speed. So you are here. If I had not been fast to enter ministry when I was 25 years old to be a pastor, do you think if I come now at the age of 50, whatever, I'm coming to say, hey, you know, God has called me and, uh, you know, I'm a surgeon from Minnesota and I do whatever, high bypass and so on, but I've always had the call of God in my life and so on. It's, 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 too, it's too late. It's, it's, too, it's, too, it's too late. When you hear things, it's about the speed with which you implement things. Speed. Me, when God speaks to me, eh, you would think that I don't think. If you are with me, you may think I don't have my mind. Like, how can I just decide something just like that? No. Because I've prayed before I move. I say, Lord, guide me. Lead me by your paths. When it occurs to me, and I, Lord, yesterday something occurred to me, sir. Let this person go here. Let this person go here. That was it. I called the person immediately. I said, you know, you have to, you have to leave. That's why you are not achieving much in ministry. Everything about you is slow. Slowy. Slowy. Shall we change your name to Slowy? since he came into power, all the things he said he would do. We are hearing that he's doing all from day one. Even before he started, he started doing all. Others are celebrating Ghana at 60, Ghana at 70 and whatever. It's fantastic. With 20 million cities, a country which says we don't have money, that's 5 million US dollars. It's, it's beautiful. The speed of implementing, that's why people come into power when it's four years, they say, we need a second term. If you are serious and you are fast, within your first term, all the things you say, you can, you finish. 
So you too, I said, that's why we will get to heaven. People will be sitting down looking to the sky. I said, hey, I was too slow. That would be one of your mates. You were too slow. Speed is needed when you are serving God. Speed. Speed. He said, I look and I saw that the race is not to the swift. Every race is to the swift. But on some occasions, the first one doesn't win. And that's where it says time and chance happens to them. But normally, it is by speed. So, you have to rise up and be faster. And I want to say that we have two types of temperament. We have choleric phlegmatics. Phlegmatics are slow. If you go to France, there's a statue. I once saw a man standing there with a tortoise. At the it was Sigmund Freud who came up with these personality types. You know, years ago, 400, 500 years ago, they came up and they defined human beings. That human beings are a type of, the types of human beings. And some are like the tortoise. They use the, the liquids in the body to describe them. So sanguine is blood. So if you are like blood, you flow like blood. Phlegmatic is like phlegm. You see, when you speak, it doesn't move. That's the phlegmatic. You have to push it, it won't move. And then what else? Choleric is bile. The bile. You know, when you kill a chicken, the bile, the best acidic tongues, and they speak in an acidic way. Sharp. And then melancholic. Black bile. Yes. Yeah, so the, the human personalities are like that. And many pastors are phlegmatic. There are some of my lay pastors, they should have been in full-time ministry. But phlegmatic, slow. Every day, they, when, when they hear the person, Charlie, it's true, it's true. It's true. And they will never move. They never move. When I was going into the ministry, I, I, I told Bishop, uh, Bishop Saki, we discussed. There's no thinking much. What is law? Hey, God will take care of us. God will take care of us. And we were in. We were in. What will happen? I don't, what school will your child? I don't know. You know something? I just want to work for God. Yes. And I want to work for God yes. now. Speak. Speak. All right? So it's what determines your life. Those of you in Bible school, different things. It is a, you'll, finish, you'll finish your school, then you are going to have cocktail party celebration to celebrate Four years since you left Anakazo. Five years since you left Anakazo. Anakazo at, uh, at eight. Eight years after Anakazo. Celebration of this anniversary of that. Funerals. Going for funerals. Attending what, whatever. Alumni funerals. This, how can you move forward? How can you achieve anything? You cannot achieve anything with that type of uh, pace. Me, I don't belong to any party. 
know this type of whatever. Any Christian you see very committed to a political party is not mature. It's not mature. That's why he's, so, he's dying for something that you cannot defend. Oh. The next one is strength.
But you see, even in politics, they cannot say we are doing this or this or that. <laughs> it's dictated. So pastors, you have to be strong. Some of you, you have to sack orangus from your church. You are, you are counseling orangus instead of sacking them. You are, you are counseling wicked people who are determined to be against you instead of sacking them from the church. You are not strong. You are not strong. And that's why you will not do well. That's why you will not do well. Because the race is for people who are fast and people who are strong. And then number three, people who are wise. Bread is for the wise. Wise people have bread to eat. Wisdom. Why wisdom? <laughs> because wisdom is the principal thing, not money. Money is not the principal thing. Wisdom is the principal, and wisdom has money, wealth, and riches in the right hand, and left hand, long life, and health. So you need money which has wealth and riches. You need wisdom which has wealth and riches. Length of days in her right hand, left hand, Riches and honor. So it's not riches you need, but wisdom which has a right hand and a left hand. <laughs> Ghana's problems are not going to be solved by money because there will never be enough money. Nobody is ever going to come and get enough money. There's no money. We need wisdom, not money. Wisdom, not money. A, a new way of doing things. A way, but not man, not alone. A way. So you two in your church, don't think of money. If I have money like lighthouse, hey, Bishop Dad, well, he has, he has a man. Where, are the, where is the money? Wait, you can't even point to even one person around me who, 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 is, who is rich, who has a lot of, show, show me. You never, you never see me working with businessmen. I don't even, I don't even know them. One of them say, oh, you are in the church? Oh, wow. My friends and my associates are pastors. You be a lot of pastors. Oh, you are going to this businessman, rich man. So you not even see. I don't believe that money is the key to what I'm doing. Money is not the key. Wisdom is the key. Bible says wisdom has in the left hand riches, right hand uh, length of days. So bread is for the wise. Through wisdom, your, your business will change. Hallelujah. Through business, through wisdom, your business, your church will change. That, why do you think we, we sit down and we share all these books? How can you do mighty work? Mark chapter 6, Jesus said, Jesus, they said about Jesus, what wisdom is this? What type of wisdom is it that such mighty works are done by his hand? Mighty works are always a result of wisdom. How wisdom is how you think, how Ghanaians think, and how our governments think. Do you see? It's what leads to the poverty. It's not money, but how we think and how we take decisions. It's not my culture to go and spend one week at a funeral. I don't, I don't accept that culture. Even though I'm a Ghanaian, I don't accept that culture. It's not my culture, and I won't do it. <laughs> it's not my culture to celebrate things that. Have you, have you seen him in the church? Anniversary, lighthouse chapel, anniversary. Well, is that the reason? Yeah. Yeah. I would rather take money to be building churches 
and doing things. But it's the way we think, not about getting money. As for money, it's floating all over. Can't you see Lebanese, Chinese, Indian? They are all in Ghana collecting money. They are so happy to be here. There is so much money available here. It's how we are thinking, not about getting money from anywhere. So, brothers and sisters, I'm telling you, what wisdom is this? That such mighty works, do you want to do mighty works? Then you need wisdom from God. Wisdom. That is why we offer you these books. That's why I printed them. What, what, thank you, what wisdom is this? It's books. And you see pastors passing by, so you don't want to read it. You don't want to read it, but you want it. <laughs> you want mighty words, but you don't want to read it. Jesus said, woe to you Pharisees, Luke eleven fifty two. You have, lawyers, you have taken away the key of knowledge. Key, it's a key. It's a key, it's a kingdom with doors. And the key is knowledge. The key of knowledge. The key of knowledge is the key that, not the key of money. How you are thinking is the issue. I tell you, you may not want to accept it. So the, your, your, your shepherding depends on your speed. Depends on the strength of a shepherd. Number three, it depends on the wisdom. Then number four, it depends on understanding. It says, nor yet riches to men of understanding. What is understanding? Understanding is deeper than the knowledge. For instance, a nurse and a doctor, they all study anatomy, physiology, or internal medicine and even surgery. Anybody who is a nurse here can own up. Own up. Nurse, own up. Nurses. Okay, no, I will not, I will not even mind you. I know what I'm saying is true. Nurses study anatomy. Is it true or not true? True. They study physiology. They study medicine. They study surgery. But if you are having a heart surgery, would you like a nurse to operate on you? But they study surgery. Why don't you want them to operate on you? Because even though they study, they study up to a point. They don't have a certain extensive understanding of the subject. I'm telling you. You don't. It's all, you see that we've all read a book, but somebody understands it deeper. That's why reading never ends. Studying and listening to messages never ends. One day I was listening to a man of God not so long ago and I was asking myself, why doesn't the whole world listen to this man preaching? Oh yes, I was asking myself, why doesn't the whole man? The man is deep. The man is deep. It's not just one little sentence that he knows. What I'm sharing with you is not just this one that I know. If I want to take my time and enter into the topic of speed, we will not finish. Or enter the topic of strength, we will not finish. If I want to go into understanding, we will not live here now. Or wisdom. I'm giving you headlines. I know and understand far more than the small one that I'm sharing. 
that that is what many of us are not men of understanding. That's why you are not rich. He says, riches are to men of understanding. So it's doctors who become rich, not nurses. Because those who know more and understand deeply, they are the ones who become rich. Would you like your air hostess to fly you on the plane? So, oh, ladies and gentlemen, the pilots are dead. I have taken over the plane. This is your stewardess. I was just serving you coffee. I'm now flying, the, I'm now flying this plane. Don't worry, ladies and gentlemen. This is my first time, but you'll be okay. I've served the pilot many times. I know some of the buttons that they press. Would you like to be on that plane? You say, ah, please. Wow. So you have to deepen your understanding. Many times I have students from the Bible school, when they finish Bible school, they feel that they know. When they go, they find out that they actually think because they did an exam in a topic, they know it. They don't know. They don't know much. Even doctors, when you finish medical school, you think you, you don't know much. It is go and see medicine, being practice in real life, then you see that you don't know much. <laughs> yes. And finally... Finally, favor. What is favor? Favor is to be chosen. Why don't people choose your church? Why don't people choose to read your book? Why don't people choose to listen to your podcast? Why don't people choose to buy your message? Why don't people listen to your music? Favor makes you choose. It says, oh, the Lord give you favor. It means the Lord, may they choose you. She was favored, highly favored. She's always chosen, always selected. So favor always means to be chosen. So the people who are chosen are people of skill. So your, your shepherding skills, skills, which we have in the book, the art of shepherding, what it means to be a shepherd. What it means to be a shepherd. Take it for me. What it means to be a shepherd. The skill of handling people, the skill of shepherding, the skill of preaching, that's what makes people choose you. <laughs> Favor is to men of skill. Look at it. Riches are to people who have understanding. So the doctors get more, more money. The pilots get more than the air hose. They have skill, a certain skill. They have a certain understanding which an air hose doesn't have. Wisdom, those who wear uniform and those who don't wear uniform. Those who don't wear uniform at work, they have more wisdom or more education. They get more. It says bread to wise. So bread, wisdom is just for bread. Then after that, understanding, deeper knowledge, whether pilot, medical, ministry, deeper understanding gives you riches. Those are the people who are rich. Then skill makes people choose you. Michael Jackson, his dancing make people choose to buy his album, choose to listen to him, choose to any skillful singer, people want to listen to because the person is skillful. You, you, are, you have the skill, not wisdom or knowledge, but the, the art, the skill of singing, of preaching, of writing, of whatever you are doing, leading, 
soccer? Why do we watch Asamoah Jan and uh, Abedi, Abedi, Ayo, Ayo, and all those guys? Why do we watch them? Their skill. A Jordan, are you? Why do you go the skill we want to see? That's what makes them choose you for black stars. No, it's not, it's not knowledge, oh. it's not wisdom. Almost every race have these five determinants. And when it comes to the ministry, look at your skill. You, when you preach, everybody sleeps. When you preach, people don't come back, they don't want to come there again. When you minister, you're, you're, you lack the skill, the art of even handling people. I tell you, your whole ministry depends on developing a skill. The man who does my screen is very skillful. Yes, I, I, I don't even need to prepare to preach anymore. He, he's just, when he's present, I just, I don't need to, I don't need to know scriptures. Scriptures will be appearing. I don't have to mention, neither do I have to know. Yes, it appears. Skill, it makes people choose his own. I want this guy, I like the way he does this. So, as you go out of here, these are the determinants of life. Before time and chance comes in, or before the anointing steps in. Yes. Time and chance, it's almost like set aside all these things and move on. But before that, in the natural order of things, it's going to be those who are fast. If you are young here and God has called you, the faster you enter, the faster you are in, uh, the more, the faster you, you, you do everything God has, the faster you read, the faster you understand. The faster you listen, the race for marriage. Eh? It belongs to the, the, those who are fast in understanding what marriage is and what it is not. In Ephesians, it says that Christ is the savior of the body. Christ is the savior. Husbands should love their wives as Christ loved the church and is the savior of the body. Do you see? Yes. He's the savior of the body. Yes. No, he's here himself. Yes. He's the savior of your body. Many wives don't realize that their husband is their savior. Like you are, you are loving them and you are their savior. You save them from loneliness in the house. You save them from barrenness. You save them from desolation. They don't even realize it. Very proud. So the faster you get it, the faster you may be chosen to marry. I have so many ladies, not so many, but some. Now they've understood it. But it's now they are almost so late. There are few people who can marry them. And some are also not happy in marriage. For years and yet they will not understand anything till they are old or almost on a, in, on a drip, in a coma. That the, the savior has come. They don't see them. Oh, but I would have married somebody out there. I would have, I would have, I would have. We beg. It's okay. 
Sorry. Amazing. So, speeder, there are two types of people that are married. Those who are fast to understand. Just become peaceful. And those thinking too much, talking Spanish. It's okay. You can never be happy. You are doomed never to be happy in this, in this life. Be strong. Go and be strong. Yes. Go and be strong. Be strong. When I, when I called Prophet Kakra, he had a very big church in Kumasi. I told him, move to Accra. You see, I'm strong. I said, move. You have a clinic, you have a move. I know. I know, I know. Just come. <laughs> my father-in-law called my mother-in-law and said, that infantin is a very wise man. Yes. If you are not strong, you cannot be a leader of a big, your church has to be small because you are weak. You have to be able to counsel people, counsel somebody, and you start crying. Then you know that he has met an iron. <laughs> are you listening or you are going home? something eh? I'll just tell you something I'll tell you something don't be offended wise is how you think that's all if you like don't think of any other definition. how your mind works yes how you think mostly how you think about things uh-huh. and when you think in a certain way it generates poverty always when you think in a certain way it generates riches it's how you think. Your thinking is upgrading in Jesus' name. And then understanding. Deeper. Deep. 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 Yes. Years ago, I met Benny Hinn, and I never understood anything he was preaching. But when I showed them preaching to others, they understood immediately. And I always wondered, hey, how do you understand Benny Hinn? Today, most of them are not preaching what he's preaching. But I preach many of the things that he preached. Even today, I've preached some of the things that I learned from him. Because the, the learning of what I learned from him was not something shallow, it's deep. Deep. Well, if you sit, you think that it's slow, but it's actually, it's not that it's slow, but it's going deep before you, you see a word coming out. And then, favor to men of scale. Today marks the beginning of your high-level scale in ministry. Scale in ministry. Scale in everything you do. Scale. Your skill, your art, your ability. This is the day of a change 
of your oil in Jesus name stand to your feet everybody father thank you for the blessing of today thanks for the blessing of your holy word we are grateful and we receive the grace from today to walk with new oil to bear fruit even in our old age to be fat and flourishing like palm trees in a place that nothing works thank you that it will work for us in Jesus name we pray receive speed receive strength receive wisdom receive understanding receive skill in the name of Jesus lift your hand and thank God that it's happening in your life right now father we give you praise we give you thanks we give you glory we give you honor we are grateful you have done wonderful things for us put your hand on your heart let me pray father let a new change of oil be poured upon everyone here receive new oil fresh oil fresh grace for your life for your ministry for your calling god has done it for you in the mighty name of jesus and everybody shouted amen god bless you